Welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of The A Show. This is your host, Justin Davis, and I'm with my boy, Mills. What's going on, Mills? What's up, man? Uh, it is pie day. I love pie. I love math. I'm a nerd. What kind of pie, though? Um. Okay. So I want to say, well, today I had blueberry pie. It was the only pie they had. Um. I'm a big fan. I like sweet potato pie. I know everybody doesn't like sweet potato pie. I fuck with sweet potato pie. I fuck with um, sweet potato pie. Everyone says apple pie is bland. I love apple pie. I mean, I know it's like the most blandest sort of Americana pie of all time. I love apple pie. That's. I thought that was cherry. I always thought cherry was bland. Cherry's a bland one to me. I always fuck with apple pie. Bro. Apple pie. Um... You know, I had a coconut one or a custard one a few years ago that I didn't hate. Um, fuck. But you know, of course, I was I was leading you to say punting pie. Oh, but, okay. Know, all right. Well, I do. All right. All right, Dwayne. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um. Yes, punting pie. Yes. Shout out to my girlfriend who bought me a shirt today. A shirt. <laughs> a big segue. It's a shirt. It's a Dragon Ball Super shirt. So big segue. Next week, Monday, will be the start of a new podcast called The Lookout yes. on RNC Radio, and it'll be everything Dragon Ball related, and this is probably the first podcast where I'm going to give actual details about it. Um, if you're looking for this podcast every week, it will not be every week, but you will get the content that you desire. We'll be we're trying to deliver smart content. We're trying to deliver great conversations. Um, unfortunately, this isn't something I can do weekly for right now. But right. when the show comes back on, who knows? Because um, they, they said Dragon Ball Super is eventually supposed to come back on air. So who knows? But until then, you're going to get the first five episodes of the lookout podcast all next week so monday tuesday wednesday thursday and friday every day a new episode every day we're leading up to the finale of dragon ball super and the tournament of power um so it should be a good one that is that's like some netflix shit that's crazy how did you manage to do that um i've been planning in my head for a very long time and i recorded <laughs> a couple episodes already we're gonna have um if you know me and if you know, you know, we're going to have Jeff on there. We're going to have um, my boy Carlos from the Two Bells podcast. He's going to be on it. Um, we might have Justin one more time. Who knows? You know, um, so you, you we're going to it's going to be it's going to be a fun series. I'm, I'm glad everyone's I, I excited a, about it. I have a lot of things to, to say about Super as a, as a series as a whole. So I, I hope that you guys will, will, will call on me. You will, will, will tag me in, and uh, so to speak, if you, if you play uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. And uh, just, just bring me into the show. Put, put me into the King Kai's planet so that I can, I can talk about some shit. I got you, my friend. But I, that's, that's super exciting. Of course, RNC now has a, a actual Twitter account that uh, just went live today. Um, and we'll, we'll be... You know, everyone follow RNC Radio Live at RNC Radio Live, just like that. And you'll, you'll see all the updates for RNC and all of our shows and all of our uh, our playlists and, you know, anything that might be coming up from us. So this, this platform is, in it, you know, it's grown a lot from November, you know, so that we're, uh, when we first started doing this show. And the A show, of course, was kind of like, it, it, in a lot of ways, it's, it's telling that it's kind of like the marquee show and we call it the A show because it is the, it's the baby. You know, it's the, it's the first show of the whole, of the whole thing. 100 percent and glad to be part of it 
Glad to continue to be doing it. Thank you to everybody who gave great feedback on our 20th episode last week and great yes. questions and, and the support and everything lo- uh, close to that. It's, it was amazing to feel that way. Yeah, I, I you know, also have to thank everyone for the great feedback on the 20th episode. That, that episode meant a lot to me and Meals, and it meant a lot to us just from doing a podcast weekly. And, and you know, we're not going to we're not going to get mushy again on there, but if, if you haven't checked it out yet, definitely check out episode 20 of the A Show, one of our other shows, one of, I mean, if not our best show, but, you know, we're going to continue to to kill this shit for the next 20 and the next 20 after that, because wrestling never ends, motherfuckers. 100%. So, it, it, you know, just to go into that, let's go right into No Holds Barred in a, in a very kind of uh, subdued um subdued week i will say everything is starting to come together with with the wwe and all of the other shows uh with new japan and stuff like that everything is starting to come together as far as mania weekend where everything converges on the uh on on wrestlemania weekend in new orleans and of course before that you have a new japan show that will be in long beach and in two weeks from now uh that i'm really looking forward to which is going to be really really dope but before we get to that there was an roh show last weekend uh did you watch it Mills? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I haven't watched ROH in a very, very long time. I'm not going to hold I, you. I, I wasn't. Uh, it was the 16th. Uh, it was the 16th anniversary show. Um, you know, I was props not, to them. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't super in love with the show. Um, I thought it had some really great matches, though. I, I really did think that the Jay Lethal and Dalton Castle uh, ROH title match was really good. The Young Bucks match with uh, Kazarian and Chris, uh, Christopher, uh, not, I was about to say, I was about to say somebody completely, completely wrong. Christopher Daniels, uh, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian in the Young Bucks match was fucking phenomenal. So I was, I would suggest to watch those two matches, but I think the biggest thing that came out of that show, and I don't know if you've seen the gift yet, uh, Mills was the Young Bucks, uh, and, and the, the elite have a bear called Barry, the drug free bear. That has kind of been like a walking MacGuffin for the past uh, month since it's mm-hmm. been since it's been introduced, and uh, there was a tremendous segment after Cody's match uh, with Taven, I believe, and uh, it kind of like took over all of the conversation. And I think that's what happens with anything that, ha- that has to do with the Bullet Club at this point, because they have probably one of the better storylines, you know, in the business right now. But it, you know, he pushes down Cody. And it reveals himself to be Kenny Omega under the bear in the bear costume, and uh, the crowd just goes nuts. He gives Kenny, he gives Cody a V uh, trigger knee, and then what's more interesting is that Brandy, Cody's wife, kisses Kenny afterwards, and they kiss for like maybe ten seconds, and she says, uh, "You love that. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell your man that you love that." And and I guess that's kind of leaning leaning into the the rumor is that this is a uh, this is a patently homosexual angle. Yeah. So <laughs> um it looks like it's also leading up to the, the eventual Supercard of Honor. Um yes, which is coming in April. I guess it's WrestleMania weekend? Yes, it's WrestleMania weekend. It's going to be that Saturday. It's going head to head with NXT. My god. So it yeah. looks like the main well, at least one of the main events of that show is going to be Cody versus Kenny Omega. Yep, and I, I, to me, I, I close the show out on that. I wouldn't close the show out on uh, Dalton Castle and Marty's, Marty Scroll is the title match for that show, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't close it with that. I would close that with Kenny and Cody. I think that has the better storyline. I think it's, it has the best storyline on, on, in two different promotions right now, so I would go ahead and do that. But as far as the uh, 16th anniversary show, 
I would highly recommend you watch those two matches that I just named and catch that angle on YouTube or on Twitter or something like that. The next thing we want to talk about, and I think we'll talk about it now so as, so as we don't take away from uh, talking about it on Raw, is the <laughs> WWE has announced the Fabulous Moolah Battle Royal. And I was kind of on my way home because I don't watch Raw uh, in real time with everybody because I'm on the, on the West Coast, but I'll catch things on Twitter. But I saw that it was announced, and I, I know a lot of people had guessed that that was going to happen for the women because they were going to get their own equivalent of the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. I yeah. cringed. I really cringed when I saw that this was announced. Um, so this was something that I thought was going to – I joked that it was going to happen. I was like, oh, maybe they'll have some sort of, you know, memorial, moolah, memorial or, you know, Battle Royal or something along, that, along those lines. And I was very surprised when it actually happened. But yeah. – um. The fabulous moolah it's gotten a lot of backlash and, and twitter and just social media in general are not shying away from the sort of you know while wwe brings up the history of moolah and you know record setting women's champion was women champion for decades upon decades one of the longest reigning champions in wrestling history um definitely it, it's coming more to light now and it's just becoming more exposed now of the of the things that sort of moolah did during her tenure and did when she was on top of women's wrestling and really sort of maybe hindered women's the women's evolution of that time yes uh there and you know it, someone wrote a six thousand word post on reddit about this and, and obviously we're not going to have time to get into everything that she's done um but it is it's definitely some very disturbing stuff and i and i think that in a time where you know women and women's rights and you know equality is the the topic of the day this is going to stand out a lot more than like the warrior award or the susan g coleman stuff that they do like this is going to be a big deal i do not think that like, like listen like i don't think they're going to change the name to this of this thing i don't think they're going to yeah i don't think so either they might not do it again but right. i don't know if they're going to change the name and it, just the things that you're hinting at you know just briefly go over they talk about moolah sort of um, the word being used, you know, was a pimp back in the day for all the other women's wrestlers, um, yeah. someone who sort of monopolized women's wrestling and the fact that she trained or at least was in charge of training uh, a lot of the women wrestlers that came up and demanded a percentage of their booking fees and all these other things. It was just Moolah sort of had a sort of a long you talk about the um the you know we talk about the Montreal screw job and how that was you talk about the original screw job back in the WWF days with her and Wendy Richter and how essentially Wendy Richter was never seen in the WWE again after that night so it's a lot of history to go back towards while yes um Moolah was a champion for umpteen years and she's probably one of the most memorable names of the in terms of female wrestling when you talk about pre 90s um yeah. but man just the things that she's done and it, it's a shame that you know someone in wwe didn't pick up uh, it's a shame that the it's always has to sort of be the internet who picks up on this and not wwe and i don't know if they're like clouded by their own judgment or something along those lines but it's a you know it's just something that came to light yeah and it it sucks i i think a lot of ways and wwe's pr for as much good as they they do or they they, they proclaim to do on on you know all their social accounts they are really tone deaf at times when it comes to things like this, where, you know, you could really just change the name of this thing or change the, the actual meaning of it or explain what you meant by, by 
celebrating her. Like, I right. feel like they mean the kayfabe. I feel like they're kayfabing the fuck out of this thing where it's like the warrior war. Where it's like we're, we're, we are talking about the character. We are not talking about the person. And, but, you know, the, the, the line is kind of blurred with Mula there. It's, it's, it's very deep. Like, Mula was very much the character and the person itself. You know, like she held that title for a very percent. She, she was this is not like, well, I mean, in a lot of ways it is like the warrior thing, but I, I feel like this is going to get a lot more, a lot more, you know, attention than anything. And it just kind of feels weird. Like when you see the WWE, you know, whenever they announce something, they all have uh, all of the performers are set to to tweet or talk about it in some way. And you see people like Dakota Kai and like, yeah, <laughs> like you know, that. Saying hooray, we got it. <laughs> just a battle royal like that, and it's gonna be a shame because you know what? It's like the the winner of that battle royal has to sort of stand and hold up that you know that trophy of Mula that sort of immortalizes her and celebrates her and all these other things. And it's kind of it's kind of bittersweet because you you want someone to receive this opportunity and win this match, but it's like also it's kind of associated with just what Mula was, and you know. It's scary. Yeah. It's real scary what's going to happen. But the, the rules of the match are obviously because there aren't going to be all of the women available to get into that match. They did say in the actual promotion that every woman from every brand is eligible. So you'll see the NXT women get a payday, which I think is cool. It's a really cool thing. I think it's cool, too. Just to have them on the Mania card, it's amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, especially the ones who work towards it is a great way to introduce some new stars. I mean, we saw that. Um, a couple of years ago with Baron Corbin, Baron Corbin's first, you know, main roster appearance was in that Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Well, he won. Well, before him, Hideo Itami. Hideo Itami, yeah. It's just, you know, it's a, it's done a lot for the sort of NXT brand. And it's, I think it's going to continue to do that WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. Uh, the, the last part I want to talk about on uh, No Holds Barred this week was uh, Hall of Fame and... Uh, Kid Rock being <laughs> inducted into the Hall of Fame. Do you give a shit? I <laughs> no. Um, so here's the thing. No. Um, I I don't care, but I think that the video they did to announce it was so fucking masturbatory and like insane. I, it's such a stretch. He was he's I he couldn't have been in WWE for more than three appearances, and two of those were at WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, or a tribute to the troops or something along those lines. And it, I guess because it's in, is he from new Orleans? Like, no, he's from, he's from Detroit or he's from Michigan. So it made sense that they waited till they got to Michigan to announce it. But uh -huh. uh, he's got the, he, he's actually one of the theme songs for the actual show. But I just think that it is, it is very extreme that they like, he got a better video package than Goldberg guy. <laughs> Um, I don't, yeah, I'm not a, the, uh, I think, um, once he gets to the actual hall of fame ceremony, I think he won't like the reaction he's getting <laughs> just to be honest with you. It's, it'd be, it's very rare for a celebrity hall of famer to get a re reaction. And this is, you know, this is people booed. I think they booed Drew Carey out the building. They definitely booed Donald Trump. Um, Oh, he's also all oh, Kid Rock is also a steaming Republican too. So one hundred percent, and it's a it, 
I don't know. It doesn't make the ticket seem any better for a Hall of Fame ceremony. And the Hall of Fame ceremony is, should be a fun night, but it ends up just being a long time of just like sitting and watching and listening to stories and yeah. sort of a poor, I don't know. I'm interested to hear what Goldberg has to say. I'm interested to hear. Uh, that might be it. Uh, to be That's it. I don't care about anybody else's. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, might... I, 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 I like the moment of Jeff Jarrett. I don't exactly want to hear anything, though. Yeah. I mean, I would, you know, considering everything he's been through the last year, maybe he'll, you know, shed some light and, and, and give a great story or something to those lines. But yeah, it's it's kind of, uh, I'm not, I'm not into the class this year. Shout out to Lil yeah. JJ though. Oh man. I, I'm literally outside of, this is like the worst day for recording. I'm literally outside or inside and there's construction going on in downtown LA. Like this is just perfect. This is a perfect day for it. Banging. If you hear banging noises, guys, I'm sorry. Just blame LA for trying to get more money out of people. Do you hear that shit? <laughs> I do hear it, but you know what? It's fine. Yeah, I think all the listeners of this podcast know that we what we have been through for the 20 years of police cars out my building and yeah. radiators <laughs> and people freestyling in the background. So <laughs> it's um, you know, I think this will be the least of their worries. Right. Uh, let's let's talk about Fastlane or, or briefly touch on Fastlane, which was a show that was way better than it had any right to be. Any right to be. The show was so much. It was. It's a shame you have to watch five to six months of bad television to get to a decent pay-per-view and it took and us three months to get to this pay-per-view. It took us one. It's so and. And I'm kind of glad at the changes they made because you know the initial main event was still Sami Zayn and Kevin o Sami Zayn Kev versus Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles. Yeah. And while that would have been great, it would have been rehashing the same eight week thing, and it kind of spruced it up. But overall, I'd say everyone had their working boots on for this show because I don't think any of the matches truly disappointed. And we could probably run through the card real quickly, but they had that great opening match between Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. Yeah, which which did, you know, did big favors for Nakamura and Rusev just as performers and, and, and heating them up. I think Nakamura came off really well in that match. And I thought Rusev came off as a monster in that match. And he really needed that to, to get him get him straight. And honestly, I don't I was worried about this at first, but th the crowd was pretty over for like they were they were pretty much over the moon for both of them. Like, both guys were pretty like popular and there was, a, there was yeah. It's a great match to start the show. I mean, for the people who didn't watch the pre, you know, the pre-show, the kickoff match, I think both Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura are very popular acts, and I don't see why they continue to paint Rusev as a heel. But I mean, it works for the time being, and they had a great match. I think they played off great from one another. It was a lot of counters, a lot of hard hitting. It was a, it was a nice fifteen-minute match. Right. Uh, I, I think another strong match there. Well, we had a really good beatdown segment with the, the New Day Usos and the Bludgeon Brothers, which really came off well on TV. About uh, and, time, and too. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I think we, we, we kind of guessed that the, the, the pot was, was, was going to boil over at some point, and, and it did at Fastlane. And I was okay with that happening on the pay-per-view. I'm usually not a fan of big segments happening on pay-per-views like that. Yeah. But I was fine with it here because it told a really great story, and the beatdown was, like, something that I probably that, that came off 
better on t on on pay-per-view than it probably would have on tv now what do you think about the charlotte flair versus ruby riot match because i am very conflicted on that actual match itself um for one i go ahead oh since i asked you go ahead i like the match i went three three and a half stars on it um there was some there was some awkwardness at the end but i think it was ruby's best match probably in the company period to this point, I think Ruby really got a chance to kind of show that she was more than just these two minute matches that they're putting her in. Mm-hmm. And she, I thought she came off really well against Charlotte. Now I know that you probably have a, a couple issues that you probably bring up a, with her finisher being kicked out of and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think, I, I think that overall as a performer, it showed that, you know, there is a lot to this character and that there will be more coming out of, of this because, you know, this was kind of like the company saying, okay, go out and show us what you can do. And I I think that she did that. I think it was a great showing in terms of just a great showing for superstar, which I think is great. You know, I I think it's great. She gets the opportunity to really show that what she can do. I think this might've been one of her longest matches she's had in the company. And it was certainly her most high profile match that she had, but it's just, it just took a year too. She just debuted on TV a year ago. And, but my problem with the match was that the the heat for the match, at least, was just lost. I feel like the opportunity for the crowd to get in and truly dig in and hate Ruby Riot. You have the Riot Squad out there. Um, I don't, which who I feel wasn't utilized enough in the match, and I thought it would have created great heat. It would have drawn attention. It would have gr- drawn that intensity from the crowd to really get into this match, and it probably would have fired both of them up if they got that super, you know, reaction from both. But I think. I think that that was just the thing that was lost. And when, once the referee kicked them out, I was like, there goes the heat and there goes everything else for the match. Yeah, I, I thought it was odd that they kicked out Becky and Naomi first. And and then, um, was it Becky? It was Becky, right? Yeah, it was Becky and Naomi. I, I, and that's, I, do, I too felt as though they should have kept the Riot Squad in there. And it would have made Charlotte look stronger for the end match uh, angle because she overcame all three of them who she's beaten already. Right. Um, but then we had the post match, which was my god, it was one of the um, talk about SmackDown, yeah. SmackDown doesn't have big moments too often, yeah. or at least big moments that are just like you know, conversation wise. Um, but Asuka showing up on the pay per view and, and and just staring Charlotte Flair down, pointing to that WrestleMania sign and saying, I'm choosing you to face at WrestleMania was a moment. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I know a lot of people kind of joke the pointing at the sign thing, but it's I mean, it gets reaction. It's over, you know. People yeah. they hate it. Like everyone loves the pointing to the sign thing. I think it was a tremendous uh, reaction to Oscar just showing up. It, she was like the crowd was super hot for her, and we we've been we have been predicting that this was going to happen for a couple of weeks now, and I'm glad they finally pulled the trigger on it. You got to keep Ronda and Oscar away from each other, and. This was the perfect. This was the perfect table setting for what I do believe will be Oscar and Ronda at SummerSlam. But for to to make Oscar and put her on that next level, you've got to have her go against Charlotte, and you got to have that match at Mania. And I think they're going to tear the house down. Now, do you? You know, I don't know if we're going to get into this on SmackDown in terms of just the WrestleMania. I mean, maybe we can get into it on SmackDown because it it, it is a uh, it is coming up. But we also had that main event, that six fatal six way six pack challenge, whatever it's called. AJ Styles, <laughs> Kevin Owens, John Cena, Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin, and Sami Zayn. And I thought it was another phenomenal main event too. Great main event. I went. I think I went like four stars on it. I, I, I would have easily. Yeah. 
I, I really think all those guys worked hard. Even Baron Corbin got a got an awesome five of like three to five minute stretch where he was just killing dudes. Yeah, and a great flurry. The story of the the Shane and KO and and, and Sammy story, which we'll we'll get into on SmackDown, where Shane kind of stopped both of them from winning the match, was a tremendous angle as well. But um, of course, you had AJ Styles come out on top with the phenomenal forearms to, Ke- to Kevin Owens, and I think it was good that he took the pinfall mm-hmm. instead of John Cena. Uh, because you you had a really good John Cena angle that, that was going to come on, on the next night. Yeah, it's a, you had the great reactions of John Cena. John Cena in his most dramatic role yet as the guy who cannot find a way to WrestleMania and is just can't con- like he he can't fathom it himself. He's the, sitting there, he's dejected. He just lost his match. He just lost his opportunity at not only the 17th World Championship but an opportunity to main event WrestleMania, and he doesn't know what to do. And it, it shows next week on Raw. I mean he. You know, everyone says John Cena looks senile. I don't know what everyone else says, but <laughs> um, <laughs> but we, I mean, we can start transitioning into Raw. But I think Fastlane was a, a, a like you said, a show that was better than it had had any right of being. Even the Randy Orton Bobby Roode yeah. match was not bad. Like it, it, it's something that it we long. had no yeah, it's something that we had no interest in. It was just like okay, they're, they're really you know kicking it up a notch in this match, and you know we called it. But I think it was a good it was a good call to put the strap on Randy Orton. Absolutely, uh, Raw from Monday night was a very odd show. Uh, I, I I think it was odd to say the least in what wasn't there than what was there. Uh, I, I think that it, it kind of dragged a bit Yeah, um, compared, compared to SmackDown uh, yesterday, but we had no Ronda Rousey, even though a week ago they had announced that she was going to be on every Raw leading up to WrestleMania. They actually took that story down and it, it leads right back to her profile page on WWE.com. Uh, it, was, it had come out from John Pollock at Post Wrestling, shout out to them, that uh, someone told him, a source from WWE told him that someone, they, they basically preemptively put that post up without it being approved. And that's why they, they had to take it down because she was never meant to be on Raw this past week. Oh my God! Um, how does that even happen? I don't know, but it seems like, like I could imagine how it would happen. But also, it, things have to be approved and things like that. So I don't know how that could happen. But um, you know, I didn't miss Ronda on you know Raw. I think the everything that happened last week. I think it's a good cool down. Um, I you know I would have preferred maybe Triple H and Stephanie stepping up on Raw or something along those lines and you know saying where it's Ronda or something along those lines but I think they didn't want to draw attention to it too much but I thought you know it wasn't necessarily bad we also had the problem where there was no Brock Lesnar on Raw which led to well, well let's like let let's here's my problem with the the, the Ronda thing is like, like whatever to me like yeah I never expected it I thought it would have been a cool thing but. It's kind of like again. It's kind of hard to frame Ronda as the the person that's serious about this when you have brought they, they're playing the storyline with Brock right next to it is mm-hmm. another big match. How do you feel about the WWE advertising this man to be on the show and him not being there, or or, or, or them telling you that he's not going to be there? So uh, here's the thing about it. I feel about it. Um, if it's storyline purposes, I think it's genius because I think it. I think it plays into what a lot of people are thinking already. And it certainly plays into the Roman Reigns, you know, narrative of how, what he's trying to get out of this match or trying to incite the crowd to believe at least. I think 
Brock Lesnar deciding not to show up for Raw, I think it it, it sort of it's sort of yeah, it sort of leans into what people think of him when they read the dirt sheets. It's like, oh, Brock Lesnar has a few months left on his contract. Will he or won't he show up on Raw? He really can go anywhere he wants. I mean, he's on the house shows, but he doesn't want to show up on Raw. What's up with that? Like he, he you know, it, I think it plays into the you know the online narrative of what people think on Raw. We had Paul Heyman show up. I think this is pre-medicate. I don't I don't think they're keeping Brock off Raw. I don't think there's any like yo I'm not coming to Raw. I think this is all part of the storyline to make you of course want of course, Brock Lesnar. But, but do the people have to suffer for that? Is my is my question. Is I like, mean they, they got they got Snickers right? Did you see the photo? <laughs> they got their Snicker bars. They got you know. The WWE is telling them you're acting like a diva. Take a Snickers, and you know, you suck on that. I don't know what to tell you, but I, I can't. I, I can't say it. I'm fifty fifty on it. I think that it, I think it's no. If I if they were if Brock Lesnar was announced for Brooklyn and he did not show up to Brooklyn and I wanted to see him, I'd be pretty angry. Yeah, exactly. And I think the same for Detroit and and last week also. But I mean, there's a huge angle that, that starts to show. Obviously. Uh, Kurt Angle says that Brock wasn't going to show up and Roman Reigns comes out and he says, you know, I, I, the tough you know, guy, the, the tough, tough guy shit. Yeah. He, he calls out Vince McMahon and says that Brock is Vince's boy. And he says that, you know, I've traveled all over the world. I, I bust my ass. I miss family time for this man, but he couldn't even, he didn't even have the balls to tell me that Brock wasn't going to be there. And he was like, I'll be, you know, I don't care if Brock doesn't respect me, but I'm not going to fucking take respect hey. from Vince. From Vince McMahon, and I'm gonna walk into Vince McMahon's office, and I'm gonna give him a piece of my mind. And Vince McMahon is gonna come out, and he's gonna be like, "Well, uh, blah, 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 blah. come on, this, this is this is too. <laughs> it's too shoot. It's too yeah, shoot. It's, it's too, too shoot. It's too shoot. It, it it loses its sense of believability, and I think credibility at the same time because it makes it so obvious they're trying to play into this sort of narrative. And there, it makes it too obvious where they're just like, I'm going to talk to Vince. I'm going to go back to Gorilla and we're going to shoot, you know, thing this out. And I'm like, really? This is what we're doing? I applaud them for, yeah. I applaud it's them a, for the effort. Cool, it's a cool way. It's a cool way of um, changing the storyline from last time because I thought that it was just absolutely awful last time. Yeah. Uh, two, three years ago. But. I, I think in this, we're, we're go, it's, they, need to, they need to reel it back a little bit because right. I think you're, you're like, if Brock does decide to stay, you're hurting him as a character if he does right. decide to stay. You do this sort and, of shoot thing and then you like kayfabe suspend him from the show. So it's it's like, it's kind of drawing the line kind of, it's like, it's kind of tiptoeing over both lines or something. But I feel like they did that um, as a way to sort of continue to keep Roman off of Raw. I mean, you know, all wrestling signs say he's gonna just show up anyway, but it's a. I think they do it to keep Roman Reigns off of Raw and get Brock Lesnar on Raw to try to keep them apart and build that anticipation so much more because there's a storm coming when those two eventually get in the ring, and I think WWE wants to 100% capitalize on that. Right, and I, I I absolutely you know agree that they should be keeping these guys apart, but at the same time. I'm not sure that I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the way that they're trying to make it super shoot because I'm going to keep it real with you, Chief. The, the audience still don't like Roman like that. Yeah. They, they just don't. And I, and I think, and I said this, and, I, and I've been saying this, like, this is the last year you can, try and, you can try and do this. Like, if it doesn't happen for Roman after this year, you got to try it with somebody else. 
100%. I feel like also it's just they're capturing the same narrative. I think they've learned from the initial time Brock Lesnar left WWE and sort of the backlash that came for that. Brock Lesnar leaving all, all over the headlines and dirt sheets. Brock Lesnar leaving the WWE to pursue career in football. Now it's sort of a similar thing. Brock Lesnar's taking pictures of Dana Brooke. He's say, not Dana Brooke, Dana White. Um, saying this isn't his, you know, he'd love to get back in the UFC ring, blah, 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 blah. So I think they're sort of capitalizing on that. Brock Lesnar looks like someone who just wants to, you know, who's never really a wrestler or never really one of the boys, never really put any effort or thing into his matches and just wants to, you know, take his money and go home. And I think that's what they're playing off of this time. Uh I it's hope a, it works. Yeah, but I hope I, it works. I think it will. I think it will. For there's a there's a great air and there's a great creative quality about this lead up to WrestleMania this year. And I don't think anything has been besides maybe the Shane and Daniel Bryan things. I don't think anything has been sort of bad on these last couple of Raws and Smackdowns. I think that, uh, or as, I mean, I think Smackdown just started to build this week. I'll keep oh, it yeah. on it. You're counting this week only. So. Um, Vince McMahon, after after he kayfabe suspends Roman after they have this kind of tense moment backstage, which is like, which is way too shoot for me. I don't even think. This yeah, Shane that. McMahon is there. We're like, what is going on? Did he just yeah. invite Shane McMahon so it seemed shooty? He was like, oh my god, what's Shane McMahon doing on Raw? You must yeah. be a you must be a producer or something. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe he's just sitting there. Who knows? So he he suspends Roman, but then guarantees, and this is a big guarantee because they said it on the, the commercial for Raw and SmackDown last night that. Uh, uh, Brock Lesnar is guaranteed to be on Raw next week, and Ronda Rousey will also be returning to Raw next week. So uh, even though they, they weren't on the show, the ratings for Raw did really well, and, and the audience retained, you know, they retained the audience to three mil uh, on the third hour. So, I mean, they weren't missing much. And even with Roman off the show in the beginning, it was like you took all the big the big names off and you just go with, with uh, Braun and Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. It seems like they all watched the show anyway. Yeah, I mean... You know, I think they kept a sort of, a, I don't know, a loop through the show. They had things anticipate. Um, one of the major things to anticipate was that trailer for the ultimate deletion, which yes. it's, it's apparently is not happening at WrestleMania, which would have been great. But I don't know if they want people staring at a screen for too long at WrestleMania. Nope. Um, so I think I think what you'll do is, it, and I mean, I, I thought the trailer was tremendous. Uh, Bray Wyatt, of course, accepted the challenge, uh, and, and we said uh, last week, I believe, that, that it got filmed a week ago or two weeks ago when, when it will air, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping that we see Jeff Hardy show up in some capacity. Well, in, in fact, we, we missed Jeff Hardy getting, getting arrested on Sunday oh, for yeah. DWI. DWI, man. Is it WrestleMania season already? Is Jeff Hardy getting in trouble? Like, uh, I don't, you know. Didn't he, didn't, didn't, he get, didn't he get knocked for, like, wellness right before Mania one year? Like, yeah. right before, like, a money ladder match yeah it was a he was supposed to get in a money bank ladder match and he got knocked for one um they stripped him of the intercontinental championship that was the night they gave it i think they gave it to chris jericho or something but um yeah he got he got nicks from that match so it's a you know he's not he had no capacity at wrestlemania anyway this year and i don't think he's gonna be in too much trouble it didn't you know there was one of the usos a couple weeks ago who got popped for the same thing and it didn't look like anything really um went down there were nothing really happened they, they uh, got little they got little they got little animated bars on their promo but that's about it yeah <laughs> um are you are you looking forward to the ultimate deletion or are you like you know what what are, what are your thoughts on what could come next week from that segment which which will probably if, if tna is to be believed 
this is a segment that will take up multiple uh, segments on the show. Um, I wish, you know, I th- it'll probably take up multiple segments. I would wish it was just one full thing, but I don't think, again, they don't want the crowd just sort of sitting on their hands for 30 minutes, getting cold, getting, you know, getting, you know, just, just not doing anything on the show. I think the ultimate deletion will be interesting. It'll be a major production <laughs> considering they now have WWE's budget sure. to do all of this. Um, but I don't know. I, I haven't, I don't know. It, it was great two years ago when it initially happened. Those are two or three years ago. Um, it was two years ago. It was yeah. two, two years ago when it happened. It was like capturing, you know, lightning in a bottle here is trying to recreate it. The best thing they could do is step away from everything that they did before and maybe try to outdo it. Um, but to sort of lean on the same sort of things will be interesting. But, you know. I, 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 think, I think we'll see Sister Abigail, finally. Hmm. We'll, we'll have to see. I don't, what does this mean for WrestleMania? That's what I want to know. I don't. I don't think it means anything for them. I think this is their big, their big program. I, I did originally believe that they were going to be the tag team that challenged the bar, but it looks like they had to give uh, Braun Strowman that they were not had to, but they gave Braun Strowman that where he he uh, won a number one contender battle royal by himself to <laughs> challenge for the tag titles. Which, I mean, it's cool. I'm cool with that. You I'm know? Cool like I've always too. said, Braun should not be the as a face. He should not be the guy that has the belt because again, you have to make him lose. So if you give him the tag belts, you at least give him an out if he has to lose them. Whereas he could get a partner along the way, and mm-hmm. then that's how he'll lose it. I think they're using the same blueprint as Kane for him, man. I really do. Like this is following the sort of besides Kane winning the, besides Braun probably not winning the WWE Championship and losing it 24 hours later. I feel like they're following the same blueprint for Kane in his face turn. Um, yeah. But we'll have to see. I thought it was. I think it's a great way to draw attention to the even the tag team match because Braun Strowman is a person who will draw eyes, and he's someone who the bar has not faced yet. Um, in in tag team championship action, we'll just... and it, it, they were also they were also partners with him during that TLC match. So if you if you kind of like look at it from a, a full circle kind of way, Braun has gotten revenge on every single person who turned on him in that match. Oh yeah, he's gonna throw him in the trash can and kill him. I'm 100 percent sure. They'll uh, get out. I, I think the biggest angle from Raw this week was uh, Nia Jax's face turn, which kind of weaved into Asuka's. Uh, departure from raw or, or eventual departure from raw this was a long overarching segment that kind of took over most of the second hour of the show into the third mm-hmm. where you had oscar come out to explain why she was leaving raw and she, you don't really get that explanation till tuesday which i i understood and i, I didn't expect it would happen till then anyway mm-hmm. but alexa i have to say i'm not a fan of alexa's racist bully heel character i think it's too cheap I think that she's been getting by very well as the kind of the bratty and, and Ruth uh, heel that she's been playing for the past two years. The racist stuff against Asuka's, uh, her, her English speaking ability and, and the, the fat shaming with Nia Jax was just a little too much for me on this show. Um, I agree in a sense, and I agree that it's probably not good to promote that sort of um, promote that type of hate on WWE television. But I'm not mad at them sort of turning up the dial on Alexa Bliss and how she targets Nia Jax. Um, 
because I think it's 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 something that you have to do. She's breaking down a giant. She's breaking down someone who's very confident in her abilities. She's the biggest star on. She's w- the biggest woman on the roster. She's you know she's she's already you know gone after Oscar and pretty much dismantled Oscar on a few occasions. And it seems like she's you know heading towards Alexa Bliss next. I'm I'm not mad at sort of Alexa Bliss sort of verbally beginning to dismantle. Nia Jax. It wasn't even. It wasn't even to her face. You know, they they did this really weird segment where, and I'm glad they stage. And yeah, there's a camera, but they're going over the boom mic. (laughs) What? That's not how because because she was set up to be on. She was set up to have an interview with, uh, I believe, Charlie Caruso and. And Charlie uh, was late or something because she wasn't there for like three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So like they're they're just basically talking shit, saying that that Nia is as dumb as she is big and um, that, you know, Nia needs her and that she's been using Nia. And, you know, it's it's all very convenient. I would have loved if it was like one of those GTV things and it ended up being like Asuka holding the camera or something and recording them on what they had to say before she leaves Raw or something, you know cute or giddy like that but um yeah the explosion of Nia Jax man you know this is something this is this is it's it's been built great over the last couple weeks we got a great emotional segment last week and now we've seen just the utter snap or or just breaking of Nia Jax and now Alexa Bliss I don't know I don't I don't know if you needed to break Asuka in order to make her a face I don't know if you needed to for her to look like this in order for her to be a better face. I, I thought I th- that the, I think the they, they want people to be sympathetic towards her. I think that's really it. I think they people want they want people to connect and be sympathetic towards Nia Jax. And it's hard her to be sympathetic. Her her blow up died on on, on camera on, uh, on Monday. Like no one really reacted to it at all. Yeah, but I I think it's just because how do you react to someone who's just going insane and just throwing things like you you react to someone getting the ass whooped? Yeah, she was pissed, but she she broke. She broke. She essentially had this sort of I don't know if it's a mental not a mental breakdown. I want to say that you know all the way to the level, but she she had some sort of point where she just realized that she was being played and being embarrassed, and she was just she's. Between last week's emotional, she yeah, she she had enough. I think the people react to Nia Jax finally getting her hands on Alexa Bliss, um, which I think I don't know if it's going to happen anytime soon. But uh, Mickey James is probably going to catch, and that's probably why they put her back together so N- Mickey James can be Nia Jax fodder for the next two three weeks. Uh, I. I just feel two ways about it. I just the way that it was. Well, you know, I'm a I'm uh, a Alexa Bliss fan, yes. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't I don't think that it, I think it I don't think it did any of them favors. I think that I, Alexa just looks like a racist. I don't think the the crowd doesn't doesn't react and they do not like they 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 practically you can hear a pin drop when she starts doing the racist shit. No one likes that shit. There's yeah. it's not defensible at all. I think it's really ridiculous that they continue to have her or, or write her in that way. I I would just love it if she would continue to do the Oscar was scared of me. That's why she left. But then you know that's all she has to say. But with the the Nia thing, I'm not sure that that really. I, I'm gonna have to wait and see what happens next week if she you know eventually does get her hands on uh, on Alexa. But the only way this works is if Nia wins at WrestleMania and she beats her in 45 seconds. That's the I'll, only way this. This is the only way this goes. This is the only way it should go at least. Um, 
and and it shouldn't be a match. It shouldn't be a competitive match. They can save the competitive match for backlash. I don't know, but it's a it's a match that should not go long, and it's a match that should be you know defining. We've had females. Fem- Let me not say female women. I'm trying to get that word out of my system. We've had women's matches that have gone this way over the last couple of years. Even you look at wrestling, you look at, you know, Mickey James and the Piggy James thing. You had um, Ivory versus China at WrestleMania a few years ago with Ivory just making fun of China. And, you know, I remember the, the segment backstage where she's, you know, feigning her neck injury and Ivory's just making fun of China. And then China comes back and absolutely demolishes Ivory. Um, I think this could be something along those lines and get that sort of reaction as well. I hope so. Uh, and, and that was pretty much... Can we talk about thing. John Cena going senile for a second? Oh, shit, that's right. I, for, I almost forgot about that shit. John Cena's cut a tremendous promo. Calling this man out is the- crazy. This man is nuts. This man goes out here. He's drinking beer from fans. He's, he's yelling. He's spitting, probably. Um, he's, uh, he's going insane. And he he does the big thing, which is he said he wasn't going to do it three weeks ago. Then he does it. He and breaks then, some rule. He breaks some rule that I don't think any of us knew about before he even mentioned that. The, some, that you can't challenge someone for a match and expect them to show up. I don't know. Or at least challenge the Undertaker, at least. Um, he so challenged the Undertaker. Yeah, basically calls him out for, for saying that he uh, essentially isn't showing up because he lost last year and he hung up, he hung up his, his hat and his, his trench coat and his gloves. And he basically called him out for being like an egotistical, uh, uh, you know, selfish, egotistical person that won't show up because he, he lost the match at WrestleMania. And I mean, I, I think I, like the pot calling the kettle black because he's trying to get this match because he has nothing to go for WrestleMania and he wants to feed his own ego because he does not feel like he's at the same place he was, nor is the WWE in the same place it was five to 10 years ago when he was on top. So listen, he, this is a weird, this is a weird storyline altogether. I really wish it had gone. It, it, Cause it's, it's very, un- it's kind of uncharacteristic for John Cena. Yeah, and it's kinda, he kind of has to play the he has to play the heel here, and then we yeah. have to we have to buy him as the heel. That's two. It's and low-key kind of pathetic. Yeah, whereas like you know, I it's, it's like some stand shit. It's like I, I yeah. call you, I, I got your number, and you know, you won't answer me, bro. Why won't you answer me, my nigga? Like it, it's like it's it's not the best storyline for John Cena that you know going forward with with this in the Undertaker and I really wish they would have just done what they did with Triple H that one year and just have him come out and they just stare at the at the fucking the sign and then they nod and then they walk off that's all you needed to do they did the mention a couple of weeks ago they really could have done that same thing of, of Undertaker pretty much showing up and saying keep your name out my mouth when you when you talk about me and it could have done that but you know you had to do it in john cena fashion i'm sure he ad-libbed his way through the entire thing and it looks well, what's like the state? What, what are the stakes for john cena undertaker like what are what are the stakes of, if either of these guys win or lose respect i don't know <laughs> like I, I feel like i feel like i'm not invested in this which is literally why i forgot about it because there's no stakes here i, I feel like even with the intercontinental title um match with finn and seth and, and miz it's kind of like become a competitive thing with with finn and seth mm-hmm. and where with Miz, it's, it's a history thing where it's like he could he can make history that's the stakes there and with cena it's like you just want this match so if you lose you'll just come back on on, on raw the next night and be like well guys i gotta pick myself back up again 
and then Undertaker will disappear for a year or until the greatest rumble ever in, in India in a couple months. Like, it, it, there's just no stakes there. There's nothing believable there for me for either of these guys to even wrestle each other. So I, I just can't get into it. It's an excuse for Taker to get back in shape like he does every March. Um, I mean, even Cena called out uh, Undertaker doing workout videos on his wife's Instagram, and I was like, uh, okay. Listen, this classic, it's classic Cena third wall break. It's a, he uses that to his, his advantage because he's John Cena and he's not supposed to be doing that. But, <laughs> like it, it is, he's supposed to be the biggest guy in the company. He's not the guy supposed to be breaking the third wall or something like that. I'd be interested to see what happens if he walked up to CM Punk again. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was one of the biggest moments on Raw as well. Uh, pretty much, but yeah. Again, Raw was it was a it was a I thought it was a solid show. I wasn't in love with it, but no. I, I did feel that it dragged. But uh, on to SmackDown, which I thought was actually a pretty a pretty solid show, a pretty good show rather. I, I, back I on track, up. baby. Come on, they're back on I, track. They have a direction. I'm pretty sure after SmackDown when, or after WrestleMania, like it's, it's going to be very different. It's, it's, be different it's all stuff. down the toilet. It's all down yeah. the toilet. Uh, the, the WrestleMania card on SmackDown has already, or is rather, starting to take shape with a lot of top programs already kind of uh, breaking down and becoming clear. Uh, you had Shane and, and KO and Sammy in a huge segment at the end of the night where Shane announced, which is again. What? Okay. <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, what? I literally audibly said, so Shane, what? Shane announced he's taking, he's taking a leave of absence from SmackDown Live. Four weeks before WrestleMania. <laughs> Which to me, and, and here let, let's be clear here. Like, what, what are the what are the outcomes of these matches? So you, you have you could potentially have a three way match with Shane, KO, and Sammy because they all hate each other, and you could have Daniel Bryan as a guest referee, right? That's one of the, the directions you can take, right? I guess, yeah, it's an option. You could have a you could have a tag match with Shane and another partner that's not Daniel Bryan versus versus KO and Sammy with Daniel Bryan as the referee. That's another way you could do it. None of these outcomes, and that's the problem, like none of these outcomes are in the least bit satisfying for anyone who's been watching the show for the past eight months. I don't agree with any of it. I think um, it's just weird, man. It's just really weird. I like the segment because essentially Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, who should be the face in this entire thing, get their, com you know, Shane McMahon finally gets his comeuppance or whatever it is, like, he, he finally gets beat down for, like, the past eight months of just running them down, and maybe it should have been something that they did maybe five weeks ago instead of waiting, you know, 16 weeks mm -hmm. to finally, you know, carry out this plan. But they already wrote him off the show. I didn't really see the need for the beatdown unless they're leading towards something at WrestleMania. He'll um, be back in a week. He'll be back in a week like nothing ever fucking happened, and, and that's the issue. I, yeah, at a, you said at a hundred hundred percent health points. Yeah, so he'll be completely back. He might have a he might have a band-aid on his face or something. So they beat him down. And I guess throughout the whole show on SmackDown, it's showing that Sammy and KO are completely well, they they hate each other again, but they're still partners again. It's like they're they're kind of like frenemies. And they and hate, I think that's they hate Shane McMahon more than they hate each other. And they hate each other. And yeah. it's because of that main event where he cost both of them the um, the championship and then walked past them and has sort of, you know, continued to, like, make a mockery of them as stars and continue to ruin their lives that they, you know, initiated this beatdown. This beatdown should have came a lot sooner. But, you know, it, it would have it been nice if it came sooner and Shane McMahon, you know, 
runs in at fast lane and maybe it, it, you build something towards that, but you know, it is what it is. They're, they're, they've booked themselves into a corner here where there there is nothing that could end the storyline in nothing, a satisfying way. Yeah, in a satisfying, yeah. There's no satisfying way to end this. And I I hope that Mania is the, the main blow-off, and I hope that all of these guys go to different things or go to different shows. I know that, you know, it's it's I've never had a problem with Sammy and KO being on the same show. Mm-hmm. I think it's time for them to I think it's time for them to break up break up like for a for a very long time after this. I, I think that it, it we've run its course. I think we've done every type of storyline we could with them. I agree. Uh, another another top program that's, that's taking shape is Oscar and Charlotte, and they finally had their their face off uh, on on SmackDown. Pretty cool segment. I think that that segment kind of mirrored the AJ and Nakamura segment, but the Nakamura AJ thing had a little bit more uh, meat, so to speak, to it. But you had uh, Asuka basically saying that, you know, or, or rather Charlotte came out and said that she wanted to meet Asuka face to face and that she she knew that, that Asuka hadn't faced anyone like her and that, that she hadn't faced anyone like Asuka and she just wanted to know who was going to bow down. Asuka said, I'm the Empress. I don't bow down to anybody and nobody's ready for Asuka. And that was that was it. I, I think this match, just like with the AJ and Nakamura match, it sells itself. You don't need much. I don't really know yeah. what people, like I saw some people saying like, um, I've seen a couple people say like, you know, they're, they're not doing enough for either, you know, either program. I'm like, these matches literally it just started. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, if you, it's it, like, literally, if you put this match on a card, it'll sell itself. There was no, yeah, exactly. I'm going to that match. It's, it's like, it's the same way indie cards do. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to this match. You, you've got the ticket already. I you know there's going to be hard hitting. You know there's going to be athleticism. You know there's probably going to be two ridiculous robes coming down. Um, you you know it, it's all going to be there. Charlotte and, and Asuka is a match that, you know, if there wasn't as many high caliber matches, could main event a pay-per-view, could main event WrestleMania. I would have loved it if it did main event WrestleMania, like, like dead ass. Like, I would think that I think that's a worthy match to main event the show. If you're gonna go with Oscar's title win, because you you have two WrestleMania winners, on, or, or not two WrestleMania, two Royal Rumble winners on the match, so like someone's gotta close the show out, you know. Yeah. But the the only issue I have with it is that the approaches to to foreign star and Oscar are very very uh, they're not troublesome. I think they're worrying because they they haven't quite found a, a common ground on these two where you can't really understand everything that they say you can you get the 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 main thing and luckily like they keep their promo short but you can tell that there is a barrier of understanding with some of these crowds where they're they're just literally like huh yeah yeah it's it's kind of it it was more noticeable with nakamura's promo than asuka's because i think she had less to say than he did uh last night Mm -hmm. but and and as a whole do you think that these two need mouthpieces or do they just need to should they just not speak at all, or should they just speak in their foreign their foreign tongue? Um, I think they, I think Nakamura is a lot more capable of speaking fluid English than we have to believe. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he not fluent English, like fluent fluid English, but I think he, they don't need to book him every. They don't need to write for him every three words. You know what I'm saying? I think the pacing. For both of them are done on purpose. I don't think they're talking like that. No one talks like that in real life. I think they're doing this just for the showmanship of it all. But I think it's a, I, I think they just need to kind of just 
I don't know, let them talk. They can float in and out through Japanese or whatever, but I think the crowd is probably going to boo it. Um, it it's, <laughs> it's gonna. It's it's hard to have, if you're going to have them both as be champions, have them not be able to speak. Um, even Brock Lesnar to a point when he became champion had to begin to speak on his own. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be, I don't know if we do a mouthpiece for either one of them. I don't think they necessarily need one, but you know, I think we can start adding more words to their dialect. Like it's, 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 uh, it's the very weirdly pace talking is kind of weird. Yeah, I, I, I think that Asuka has a lot more personality when she speaks to Nakamura. Like, Nakamura is more of a body language guy. I don't think he's, like, always been, like, I don't think he has a really strong idea in his promo. He's more body language, and Asuka's kind of both. I think she's a better promo than he is. But I think so. I think she's she's good. I don't think she's, you know, the best. But I think once we get into the real, like, the real throws of, like, Asuka and the meat of it all. And when, like, what she did on NXT when she was just champion forever and she was just laying by the poolside and just, <laughs> no one was ready for Asuka. Like, it's just, that's the part, that's the Asuka that every, that she gets into and is comfortable with. I think when the, she's experiencing the bright lights and everything sort of being written for her and yeah. it's kind of, it's not, it's not the true Asuka. She, she also, body language is majorly key with uh right she delivers promos but uh but how did you feel about aj and nakamura's uh their interaction from week one we had we had aj come out at the top of the show saying basically hey he had a really great promo i thought where he talked about you know people thought that it was impossible or it was unbelievable that he was going to be in the wwe he was going to be at wrestlemania and he'd even get the title but it wasn't impossible and i think that his story to me is the most uh really the most relatable to everybody of, of everyone on the card because he was somebody that we never thought he'd come to the WWE ever. I feel and like he, they phoned in those words for the package, the video package. Uh, <laughs> that's like that's immediately what I think of when I think that I see the beginning of the video package. They never thought that we were supposed to be here. You know, pictures of you know Pro Wrestling Illustrated in Japan or blah, 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 yeah. ROH, all this other stuff. Um, but I think it's it's going to be it, the first interaction is good. I'm interested in to see how conflict comes along in this. Yeah, and of course you had it. You had a match with AJ and Rusev uh, on SmackDown as well that ended in uh, in Aiden English coming in and, and basically causing the DQ. But you also saw signs of Nakamura being really reluctant to help AJ out, and then he eventually helps AJ out. It's it's turning into like a one-upsmanship type uh, of a program where you have, and it's the same. It's, it's kind of, you could really mirror Charlotte and and Asuka and AJ and Nakamura is really kind of like the same program, but with different genders. And, and I think that's fine. I, I really think you need to have these types of programs. They don't have a lot of like rah, rah and bullshit with them. And that's why I'm okay with it. And I'm okay with week one. Like, again, you don't have to sell me on this match, you know, like anything they do extra. The fact that this match is happening is incredible in itself. So anything mm -hmm. they add to that, it can't take away from the fact, like, and I said this on Twitter, like, you could give these guys nine minutes. The fact that it happened, it's, it doesn't matter. You know, like right. it's the fact that this match fucking happened is still insane in itself. Right. 100%. I agree. One thing that's, that was out on SmackDown, there was no Riot Squad on SmackDown. It's WrestleMania season. <laughs> I'll just leave it like that. They are there is a, for the, for the, for the, uh, the, the fabulous pimp. Yeah. <laughs> um just 
20 of Moolah's finest. <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding. This, this, this is why it can't happen. This is why it shouldn't happen. Um, exactly. But I, I think more programs as we go forward on, on SmackDown, I think we're going to see the, the three-way tag match with the Usos, New Day, and the Bludgeon Brothers. We had a really tremendous Big E and uh, Jimmy Uso segment on the show where they – I thought it was so good, man. They they were they were ex- excellent on the on the mic and even excellent selling for the Bludgeon Brothers. I think the Bludgeon Brothers are like they you're you're fucking afraid of them. I think they are finally hitting their stride as the team that they were always meant to be is on 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 this show. And it's so crazy to see that like Braun Strowman and Luke Harper and Eric Rowan like how they look and then how Bray Wyatt looks. It's yeah. so crazy to see that now. It's a you know you know I'm I'm a fan of the the YouTube views. Biggie and Jimmy Uso versus the Bludgeon Brothers has the most views of anything on SmackDown, which is weird. But I also think it's a very it was a very enticing and it's a very creative way to do things. I think WWE doesn't do you know it's sort of the common enemy and sort of facing that and realizing that you know they don't have their brothers you know um jay uso is out xavier woods and kofi kingston are out the only two that are left are biggie and jimmy uso and they have to try to team together to sort of um to sort of get rid of the bludgeon brothers but they can't because they're not actually a team those two aren't teams and the bludgeon brothers a team they're a formidable force they've been somebody on smackdown for the last six months who has dominated as a team they've learned how to work together and it's really going to take the full power of the New Day and the full power of the Usos to really get this across. And I think we're going to see that, and it's going to be a great segment, you know, in these next couple of weeks. And, and then you have um, – and, and I can't wait to see that either. But you also have the three-way between Jinder Mahal, Bobby Roode, and Randy Orton that is on the fucking horizon. How do you feel about that? Uh – I think Randy Orton really likes Jinder Mahal to the point where he brings him up to his all. He's like, listen, we got to give this guy a chance. What are we doing with Jinder? Um, I can't be racist. I'm friends with Jinder. Right. 100%. But I think it's a, I think it'll be, I think it'll be fair. I think it's a great WrestleMania moment for Bobby Roode, who's essentially the last 15 years of his career has been leading up to this moment. Um, I think Jinder Is Mahal. The last fifteen years of the last fifteen years of his career has been leading up to the WrestleMania pre-show. Wow, wow, <laughs> that is funny. Because um, <laughs> it, it might be on the pre-show, um, <laughs> but it's a uh, Jinder Mahal, who's essentially the culmination of the last year, is also leading up to this moment. Randy Orton, who's just I guess a star or something along those lines. Yeah. It should be a good pre-show match. Yeah, but two-hour kickoff. That was uh, that was SmackDown. Let's get into a little bit of feedback from some of the some of our homies on Twitter. Uh, first, the first piece of feedback we have can is I, from. Wait, can I can I say one thing before we do the feedback? I did the A Show poll this week. Um, I oh talked yeah. About which NXT superstars would you be most excited to see called up after WrestleMania? An overwhelming fifty three percent said Cien Almas. Um, Cien Almas, Zelina Vega possibly called up also in this was authors of pain ember moon insanity but it looks like cn almas is the clear winner and who make sure the, everyone who's like the clear loser who's the clear loser ember moon five percent wow yeah so she has a lot she has a long way to go she has a very long way to go before she has a long way to go people are excited for seeing almas i think second place was authors of pain 14 percent sanity i think sanity May or may not sink or swim on the show. 
but we'll see. I, I, I don't know. I, I think that Sanity is more of a SmackDown gimmick than a Raw gimmick. And I think if, yeah. you put Sanity, if you put Sanity against the Bludgeon Brothers, I think that is the type of wildness that you need going into like those summer pay-per-views where you need a really big gimmick match that a lot I of people... Agree. I, I would put Sanity on, on, on SmackDown because I, I think putting Authors of Pain against the Bludgeon Brothers is something that you should save for Survivor Series and not like a, a throwaway show in the summertime. Yeah, 100%. Um, but yes, back to feedback. Sorry, we had to do. Sorry, we had to do that. But I just want to get that poll across because these polls oh, no. are going to continue to be coming. That that's that's big. I like to know what 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 the real fans think. Um, our first piece of feedback comes from the homie Mad Links uh, on Twitter. Uh, shout out to him. He actually does a lot of stuff for like NXT and and he does a, a lot of like writing and, and things like that for the Barber's Chair Net Network. Um, really big fan of a lot of his shit. Uh, he said that he felt as though Raw was an A, even though Braun ruined the tag team division. Uh, SmackDown was a B. Uh, where the hell is Daniel Bryan? He's excited about Asuka versus Charlotte. And he said that 205 Live, which we'll get to after this, had the best match this week with Cedric and Roddy. Um, do you feel like Braun ruined the tag team division? No, I think they ruined the tag team division. I think Braun <laughs> is just, you know, it's a you there was no match between the bar and any of those teams you would have wanted to see on WrestleMania. Like right. it's, it's just to the point where it's just like, let's just scrap this and we'll, we'll refresh everything after WrestleMania. But I think it's, it's a, it's these Braun Strowman. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, the homie, uh, I am Aunt P on, on Twitter. What's up, Aunt? He said that watching Shane McMahon get his ass beat for 10 minutes. And he put hella greater than signs after that. Jeez, I mean, yeah, man, it's a, <laughs> they killed Shane McMahon. Thank God. It's like, uh, I said it. It's like when Poochie died in The Simpsons. He went, his, he went to his home planet. He went to his home planet, and everyone cheered. It is literally <laughs> the same thing. Uh, we also have feedback from Man, Manny Dizla, who said Raw was kind of lit, but Braun needs his own big match for Mania. I, I think I'm okay with where Braun is right now. I, I, I think if you have Braun destroying dudes then that, that's a better match to me than having Braun have a, a competitive 10-minute match that he may or may not lose or him, him getting a title that he's going to have to give up in like two or three months. I think, you know, just due to the sheer size of Braun, because I remember there's something similar happened to the lines of Ryback where they gave Ryback a big push and then it kind of petered off really, really quickly. But I think just the one-of-a-kind size and what they do for Braun on a weekly basis with everything they give him and the programs they give him and just the large toys, the large bases, and the large, you know, scaffolding. The grappling hooks. Yeah, all this stuff. I think what they give him, he'll manage to sustain it. Um, I think I think Braun is good for right now on WrestleMania. But he could – I mean, I wouldn't have been mad if he was in a bigger, you know, bigger match. Uh, the next piece of feedback we have is from I and it, it's a damn shame on Twitter. Uh, everything was fine, uh, but nothing felt important or as big as it should have been. Oscar v. Charlotte, Char uh, Braun being number one contender, and Shane versus Owens and Zayn. I don't know if I agree with nothing feeling important. I think there are definitely certain matches that feel important. I think Roman and Roman and Brock is something that is obviously uh, something that they're pushing very heavily. Uh, the Ronda match uh, with Stephanie and Triple H, even though it's, they, they had nothing about that on Raw this week, I thought because they gave you so much and they've been giving you so much over the past couple of weeks. Uh, I think the Intercontinental title match is getting a pretty good push. I mean, a, a large part of Raw was spent on that match this week and Braun Strowman in, in itself. And I think on SmackDown, Oscar versus Charlotte, again, like we said, it doesn't, it doesn't need a big 
uh, a big push or a big story. I, I think that that story comes after the match. I think they're pacing everything. I think this is just part of the pacing of the story. It all can't be big things every show, but I think it's part of the pacing of the story. I think just Raw in general was just a mass show. All the like both both shows, I mean, were good, but they weren't great. But um, I think it's just overall part of the pacing. We'll start getting these these moments where you know programs start to peak. They start to become physical action. Something starts to get relayed, or you know someone gets betrayed, or something along yeah. those lines. I think we'll get there eventually. I'm cool with respect angles, and I think Oscar versus Charlotte starting is that is fine. Uh, and I think AJ and, and Nakamura starting is that is fine as well. Um, I think again, like like we just said, we're we're gonna get a lot more. But I I can't say that like nothing feels important or big. I, I think that this WrestleMania, the card to me, I think it's better than last year's card off the top, mm -hmm. off, off top is better than maybe the past two. I think it's the best card since 30. Yeah. And I think if, if the matches that should be getting time, get time, it's going to be a great fucking show. Uh, let's, let's do one more feedback comment uh, from Eric Hollow on Twitter. He said, he actually sent us some beats for, for a uh, uh, intro to the show. I gotta oh, send that. nice. Some, some really cool shit. I, I gotta, I gotta uh, send that to you. But shout out to him for that. He said that both shows were okay. Uh, the best of either of those was the Seth and Finn match. They should have, they should have pulled the trigger on that feud earlier. Um, I think the feud comes out of that, out of the the Miz match. I really, I, I know a lot of people think that Miz is gonna beat that that um, that record. I don't think he will because it's not like he has to win a. It's not a. It's not like it's a record that's about the consecutive the, the amount of times or the consecutive amount of times he's had the title. It's about the amount of days. So he could lose the title and win it back, you know, later on in the year, and he could still beat the record at another pay per view, like a Survivor Series or something like that. He doesn't necessarily need to win at WrestleMania to to solidify that. Yeah, I agree. I he's also about to have a. He's also about to have a child, so he might actually be going away for a while after that. Um, stay tuned. Because I think I think uh, I think Maurice is, is due WrestleMania weekend actually. That's wild. That's yeah. a wild concept to think of. Just to be away, you could be you could be having a you know the Miz just a just a regular you know four and a half star match you know just Miz quality matches, um and somewhere <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> and just Miz could a baby just could be being born in the in that instant. So it's a It'll be a hectic week for Miz. Um, um, yeah, but those those were, that was uh, most of the feedback for this week. I want to thank everyone for doing that. And just like with the A-Show polls, we are going to be doing feedback every single week right after SmackDown ends. So make sure that you respond to the tweet that goes up, and we'll make sure to get you on the show. Uh, but once again, thanks for everybody who participated this week in feedback. I really like feedback. I like to hear what people have to say. I agree. Keep, I, keep, can't wait, I can't wait till they start attacking you, though. I, I can't wait for that. Oh, oh, come on. All right. Don't do that. Just... Now, before we before we wrap up, did you watch Mixed Match Challenge or 205 Live? No, because you, people make me feel like I'm some sort of weirdo who watches this show. <laughs> so I've just avoided watching the show now because everyone feel it makes me feel like, why are you watching the show? It's such a weird... Um, I, know the, I know Charlotte and Bobby Roode won. I don't know how they won. I, I wasn't interested in the match. I didn't watch it, but I am interested in next week's um, next week's matchups because Asuka and Alexa Bliss are facing each other next week on Raw, and they are also facing each other on the Mixed Match Challenge. So you have the opportunity to see Alexa get beat up by Asuka two nights in a row <laughs> on, on two different shows. But it's going to be Team Little Big of Alexa and Braun Strowman versus The Miz and Asuka. So I think those dogs are winning, Mills. 
I think the dogs will be fine, and you know, I'm still, I'm still keeping to my promise. If the if I, I will donate to the rescue dogs, if the Miz and Oscar win, so I'm keeping my I'm keeping my promise. Save them <laughs> dogs. Come on. Uh, but two hundred five live. I, I only caught the Cedric Alexander and Roderick Strong match, which was a tremendous fifteen minutes. I'm glad they gave them the time for that. It was as good as we thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. You didn't like it. Which one, the Cedric and Roddy? Yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought it was not. I don't know if it was classic. I thought the emotional story of it all was good, but I didn't think it was just like I. I to me, it was. It was cool, but it wasn't like awe inspiring match. Um, I thought they could have actually went longer. I was surprised they didn't start it like halfway in the show. Um, we had two matches before it, but I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was, you know, a great match. I didn't think it was great, but I don't, it's not that I thought it was bad either. I, 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 I would shudder to say that it was anything lower than a four to me. I thought that it started slow. I thought that they even got the crowd invested. And it's, that's something that's been very oh, hard. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first time I saw. Well, maybe not the first time, but it was where everyone is into this match. And it's like 11.03 p.m. right now. And right. everyone is still into this match. So kudos to both guys. Um, Cedric Alexander, who won the match, it looked like it was a very emotional moment. He's going to WrestleMania. Right. Uh, uh, he's been waiting for this for months. Imagine if Enzo was still in the company and what his future would have been um, in an Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal or something. But it's a, I think, you know, it's it's a good showing. It's a good showing. It's a good feel good story. You know, Roderick Strong is tight because he got to go back to NXT. NXT. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Roderick has some, Roderick has some unfinished business there, and and I always felt as though when I when I saw the the NXT spoilers uh, that, that are coming up, I was like, I knew immediately, I was like, they're not going to have him working double duty of that weekend. So um, I, I'm, I'm okay with what Roderick has to do, but I do think that Roderick is the next guy to come up, and I think he's going to SmackDown. I think he should go to the main roster. I don't know if he should be on 205 Live. It's a great way to introduce him to the show, but I think we could go SmackDown with Roderick yeah, Strong. Sure. Come on. For sure. I, 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 I mean, he, he works his ass off. He busts his ass, and I think that he deserves to be shown in, in, a, in a bigger spotlight. And I think the main roster will definitely give him some interesting matchups with, with guys that you've never seen before. Like a Chad Gable, Roderick strong match. Get the fuck out of here. Easy, easily, easily one of the best matches on the show. But yes, we have the one side of the bracket on two or five live filled out. And that is uh, Cedric Alexander on the, on the first end of the bracket. Next week we have Mustafa Ali versus Drew Gulak in a match that should be really, really good. I think I think Ali has been showing his ass off in these, these past couple months on 205 Live. And I do think that we're going to end up with Ali and Cedric, with the best friends going against each other, because I think it's the most CWC thing to do, to do in that situation. Yeah, it feels like the CWC thing to do. It feels like a, the CW thing to do. I don't know. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's just, I think, I, I've liked all the, the promos from Mustafa Ali. I think he does deserve a moment, and I think it's a long time coming, and I'm glad it's happened at WrestleMania because he sorely deserved it. The man has worked hard, and he's done it consistently for a very long time on that main roster. I think it's being undersung. 
mainly because of the Enzo things and mainly because of the Neville things. But I feel like now it's a true opportunity for the roster. It's back to sort of what it was before they brought on those big main roster stars of Enzo and Neville. And it's truly like, all right, the best guy on the roster wins the match. And he shows the people why he's champion instead right. of we need a champion to carry the brand and attract guys. Right. Uh, so yeah, that that is the week in wrestling this week. Uh, thanks for listening to the A Show episode twenty one. But make sure that you again, once again, follow RNC Radio Live for all of the recent updates and playlists. We have a huge playlist, and I talked about this on the RNC Radio Show as well. Like that Bow Wow playlist is just mental. I've never seen anything like it before. Yeah, I think it's the most. It's got to be the most successful playlist of all time. Yeah, <laughs> it's gotta be. It's gotta be. I don't know what else is. I don't know. Name it on a unless you're talking about Drake's more life. I we might be a strong number two. Like oh, it's, strong. At least number two, number yeah, three. Yeah, it's gotta be one of the most successful playlists of all time. It's just you know, it was monster seeing everyone sort of retweet it. You know, refill the moments they had for Bow Wow and their youth, and you know, just ignore everything that's been going on with Shad Moss over the last five years and say, you know what. This is this kid is all right. So I, <laughs> you know, I shout out to everyone who listened. Shout out to everyone who played. Shout out to everyone who clicked. Shout out to everything. It's our most successful playlist as of yet, and we'll be coming out with more. We did um, Quavo Max Quavius Maximus yes. early this week. The best of Quavo. Um, more than likely soon, you'll see that takeoff. For everyone who's been saying takeoff is the best Migo, more than likely you'll see that playlist. It may be coming next month. I like since we did Offset last month, we did Quavo this month. We might just do takeoff next month. Um, hopefully, he comes out with ten more solo songs before that. Oh, because easily it's because it's hard. gonna be you listen. It's a, you know it's gonna be hard. It's gonna look like, gonna look like a Migos mixtape. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Right now, I'm like Amigos mixtape. Um, well, yeah, that's, that's everything that's going on with RNC this week. We also have RSPN coming out uh, day and date with this show. It's, it's their March Madness edition of the show, which is going to be crazy. They have so many fucking guests. They have more guests than we've ever had ever on this show. Yeah. And that's going to be crazy. So shout out to Jeff and Mark for that. But until next time, guys, we'll see you next week. And hopefully we'll have more of the WrestleMania card built out. And we'll be able to, we'll be able to figure out if WWE is going to do anything with the Fabulous Moolah Battle Royal. So until next time, guys, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week. Happy Rusev Day.